What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. talk about death <laughs> yeah i that's how i feel that's how you feel it's been a really rough week it yeah it has it was... but i don't want to uh i don't want to burden our listeners with uh how i'm feeling you know what we, i went into the hospital today and uh because we were gonna see if i was gonna have to go live in the hospital for a couple weeks and I was kind of let down a little because they said that I didn't have to go live in the hospital for two weeks. And you were like, maybe I am a man cold baby. <laughs> no, no, no. I was very, very sick, but they said I didn't didn't have to go in. And I was, I was kind of bummed because uh, last time I was admitted for two weeks, I was, 
I was really shocked at how good looking the nurses were mm. at the hospital here in Halifax. They were young. Yeah. Like our age, young and younger. I know. It was, you know, that they was They probably nurse. put all the hot nurses on your room. On my floor. They're like, Jeremy's at 8.3. All the hot nurses, <laughs> 8.3, go. <laughs> Everyone, all the hot nurses just scrambling, bumping into each other. Like, it's chaos. Yeah. <laughs> he needs his butt wiped. Oh, let me do it. Last time he had an enema, <laughs> he shit all over me. <laughs> so hot. Oh fuck! <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's I did, like this old senior nurse in the basement that's like, <laughs> once upon a time yeah. when Jeremy Saunders was it, thirteen years old. <laughs> well, I well, that's a story. You're getting into story. You're getting into, <laughs> into inside jokes. I wish no inside gone. jokes. No inside <laughs> jokes. There was one time I had an enema and. Uh, from a very, very, very attractive doctor who I uh, probably fell in love with and in that moment. And then shit on. And then she gave me an enema and I pooed on her. <laughs> uh, the but, stuff of real romance. Yeah. Um, but speaking about death, uh, you were just telling me he died. Yeah. He is dead. I know. I was just as surprised as I'm sure all, all of our, our listeners, listeners are. are. But uh, he is no more. No, and, babe. And no, no, I'm going into, a, I, I think, a fairly healthy and natural grieving period. Okay, okay. Guy's not dead. But Guy doesn't want to be called Guy anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. For all intents and purposes, Guy is dead. Really? No. I don't know what to tell the fans, but for the time being, I mean, no, we miss Easter, but like the dead are not arising anytime soon. I, I'm it, still going to call him Guy. I'm going to call him Guy until he's down to have his name spoken <laughs> on the podcast. Why don't you tell everybody why Guy doesn't want to be called Guy? Guy doesn't listen to the show. No. Guy's not a very big um, uh, online guy. Mm-mm. So um, I don't think Guy knows what a podcast is, but he knows that it's some sort of uh, internet radio. I have and, something I have to talk to you about. And, and the reason why Guy... Uh, so he doesn't listen to the show, but he does know that we call him Guy. Yeah, because people in the world are calling him Guy. Well, we told him, and now just random people in the streets are like, hey, it's Guy. Well... I don't know what his life is like and what his experience is, but yeah, that's the impression I get. And for the time being, we're late. We're going to lay Guy to rest, but I... I I'm not. (laughs) If I can tell you right now, I'm still calling him Guy. Oh, God. Uh, Guy, I hope you're listening. Well, this is a non-issue now because Guy is dead, but we (laughs) recently started a family sharing pass on iTunes. I switched from iTunes, uh, Apple Music, uh, from Spotify, which is a decision I sorely regret. And uh, we all got on a family pass, you, me, Becca, and Guy. That's right. Um, But the other day, as I was lamenting for the umpteenth time that I really prefer Spotify, um, it became apparent that, well... Uh, Guy has never actually joined our family <laughs> pass. He never canceled his own. And now I think I want to join Spotify with Guy. Is that going to be... Oh, I mean, he's, he's 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 no longer. It's really a non-issue. But I felt, like, nervous about this conversation because you're such an iTunes, like, proponent. Um, is this what our podcast has turned into? <laughs> uh, fucking talking about what music provider we're using? <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. All right, let's get to the brain boner so we can get um, to this week's episode. That's a legitimate question. That's a legitimate question. Then because... let's talk about it when we're not recording. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Uh, this question comes in from Matt, and he gave a brief background, which is, let's be honest, it's, it's a bit long, um, but I'm going to read the whole thing. I am a serial long-term relationship person. I am recently single from a five-year relationship, and before then, I was in a relationship for almost three years. During both of those relationships, my sex life was fairly non-existent. One was due to long-distance status, and another was due to some medical reasons, not my own, and nothing transmittable. So I would say for the better part of my 20s, I just didn't have much sex. I've always had a strong sex drive, however, I have developed a horrible anxiety about the whole process i love foreplay i love sex all of it i am just horribly out of practice two things that have come up first is that my endurance slash stamina whatever you want to call it is pretty much shit i know that there are some things i should do like masturbate less Mm, i would say it's like four to five times a week right now or simply practice but at the moment i am single and plagued by an online dating society where i have constant fear of underperforming in the bedroom i have never been one to hook up or have one night stands and not that i really want to start up but i would love to have a more casual sex life at the moment it just scares the shit out of me secondly i absolutely love all capitals love going down on girls that said, since both of my previous sexual partners were so infrequent, I feel like I have missed a huge portion of time where I should learn more of what to do down there, and our communication was very limited, so once again, I have anxiety about it. My question comes to you is this. How should I go about approaching having a casual sex life? Also, if I want to up my sex game, is there more to it simply than practice? Listening to you to talk about it, I realize that I have never really had open conversations about sex, what I want out of it, what my partner wants out of it, and I have never really expressed these fears until more recently with my now ex. Also, I am new to Tinder, but if people begin talking about sex, is it strange of me to say that I really want to experiment and learn? I'm a guy. For the most part, I can get excited just from kissing someone. Getting me off is not a problem. I don't need any sort of weird or extra stimulation. I just really want I really want to just learn what feels good for women and learn more about what to do below the sheets would it be weird to say that I am most interested in going down on them instead of the actual act of sex Matt I would man I feel like uh, so here's the first thing I would say um, for sure quit jerking off four to five times a week um, if you're not like having sex because here's the thing is if, if you do get to the point where you want to start having sex and you want to, um, I know that if you are jerking off to porn that much and not having sex, it can, it can drastically affect your ability to get hard. It can, it can straight up cause ED. Right. Just cause he didn't say porn. Would you say sure, that that's yeah. a. Yeah. More of a like because you get used to a visual stimulation? I think so. I think that's what it is. So you get used to it's not I don't think it's the visual stimulation, but it's like you get used to the uh yeah, like the immediate gratification, like the the same centers in your brain that fire off when you're playing slots are going off when you're jerking off to porn. Right. And then and then when you get a real body in front of you, it's not as like um as like in your yeah not in your face stimulating (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so so definitely uh like give that a rest um 
Because I definitely went through that. I went through that where like we were apart for like an extended period of time. I wasn't having sex with someone. I was just tugging it like sometimes twice a day. Mm-hmm. And then and then the next thing I know, when I go to fucking actually use my my piece, I can't couldn't get a heart. And right. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like young twenties and I can't get a heart on. What the fuck is this? And then when I finally started having just like regular sex didn't have the need for porn and started just using you know using it regularly mm-hmm. uh that totally went away mm-hmm. um so i would say for sure stop jerking off if you're jerking off to porn if right. you are using porn stop yeah because that's not going to teach you about how to pleasure <laughs> someone and i feel Fuck like no. that question i feel like your question has a lot more to do with like performing with someone maybe not lasting um, or getting hard, but like... And the lasting and getting hard thing, if that is a worry, you know, if like if that is an anxiety that comes with, well, I haven't had sex in a long time and I'm afraid I'm just going to like blow my load too early, <clears throat> that it, if you don't use it, you lose it. So like the more you use it, the more you will get like gain that, that stanima. Uh, <laughs> the more you'll the more you'll be able to last longer um but that seems co- completely contrary to what you just said about don't, don't do what it I, but don't do it yeah what i'm saying is don't jerk off i'm saying actually use it inside a vagina uh, or you know with another person wh- right, whatever right, that right, is right. for you it's so funny because i you know i think that communication about sex is like one of the scarier things but also something that's like really underrated so yeah i think on tinder if you want to express the fact that you are there because you i mean i don't think you have to get into the details but i think you can say i'm open-minded i'm game for things i want to experiment that's super interesting to me Mm -hmm. anyway i think i feel like there's people out there that are going to be really drawn to that and I think if you're like, all I really want to do is eat you out, I would probably say that like 75% of women are going to be like, okay, that's a line. But if you like totally deliver, then you're going to have no problem. And I think just like asking really simple, non-complicated questions when you're down there or when you're doing something like, does this feel good? Is this too hard? Is this too fast? Is this too slow? Is it too soft? Is this the right place? And just like allow them to give you like little verbal cues because not everyone is really comfortable talking Mm. about uh that or giving like complicated directions because it can be hard to um articulate just giving them the opportunity to answer like simple little yes or no questions i think practice makes perfect really is is the answer there I, i had a question for you about this yeah Like, what would your thoughts be if you met someone on Tinder and they just like right out front, like pretty early on in after the, you know, like the small talky kind of like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're on here. Um, They laid out like, look, I haven't had sex in a long time and I'm actually looking for someone to just have like casual sex with to get me back in the game because Mm -hmm. I just feel out of touch with my body and with other people's bodies. And mm-hmm. I'd love if you, if you would be down to like, help me with that. Be yeah. my sexual mentor. Would you be like, are you kidding me? That's my dream role. <laughs> yeah. Would, right. So yeah. So like, would you, so you think you'd be like, fuck yeah, come on over. 
mm-hmm. uh, come on over, eat my pussy, and I'll tell you how how to do it well, and I'll get you off too. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. That see, Matt, I'm saying like going out on a limb here, but I'm I think it might be worth your while to just be super upfront and be like, I need I need someone. I'm looking for a sex martial arts teacher <laughs> to kick my ass back into shape. Or, you know, even like I'm looking for a woman who can teach me how to worship her body. That is like, mm. if you fucking say something like that, I feel like any woman who's out there who's like, perfect, because I want to learn how to articulate that. Or I have learned how to articulate that and I'm really like getting off on that. Um, then you're going to gonna walk into some really um, enlightening experiences. <laughs> well said. And I think uh, that's a perfect segue mm-hmm. uh, from going from worshiping uh, one's body to the conversation we're about to throw to with uh, our friends Sub-Zero and... Uh, was it Queen Aya? Aya. Aya? Queen? Queen. Queen. I like calling her Queen. 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 A uh, uh, little bit different this week. Uh, female-led relationship. What does that mean? Well, you're about to find out. It means a whole fucking lot. Uh, hope you all enjoy it. We'll see you on the other side. We'll go with Queen Aya or just Aya. Just you can Aya. just say Aya. Aya, okay, yeah. and Sub Zero. Sub Zero, which I fucking love. <laughs> so we're sitting with Aya and Sub Zero and Big B. And and Big B's down here licking his balls from time to time. Yeah. Big B. Um, but here's the thing: is we had sat down uh, maybe like a week and a half, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and had a conversation with Aya and Sub Zero. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
But then what we, happened, Jeremy? What happened <laughs> to I the made, episode? I made a fuck up. Um, out of all the hundreds of episodes of podcasts that I've hosted so far, uh, it's only happened twice where I made a bit of a fuck up and uh, did not clear enough hard drive space. You know, who gives a shit? But we lost the episode. Yeah. And whatever. you tried really hard to get it back. You tried all afternoon, and we were both really bummed out that day, that yeah. whole day. Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty butthurt about because it. Because it's one thing to come in and have this conversation one time, but and like to let down your guard and be vulnerable with people, but then to be like, yeah, we're going to need you to yeah. come in and redo all of that. And here's the thing, is that when generally I have a thing where it's like, well, we lost it. Let's We're never going to have that conversation again, because it's so hard to recreate conversations like that. But... The subject matter of which we spoke to the two of you about was so fascinating to me that I was like, there's no way we can't share this with our listeners. We have to do this again. So (laughs) what we are here to talk about is a FLR situation. What does that stand for, Aya? Female-led relationship. Female-led relationship. Sounds like... I mean, what's so different about that from any other relationship? I would say not a whole damn lot. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, it depends. Uh, a lot of females tend to take a partially submissive role, whereas I do not. Yeah, you're kind of like, uh, you're basically... Head bitch in charge. Well, yeah, you're you're the you're the queen. You're wearing the pants in the in the situation. Now we're talking about primarily in the bedroom, right? Uh, primarily in the bedroom and in in life situations, but not. Um, some people take it as far as financially led. Um, we don't delve into financial uh aspects, or we don't delve into, um livelihood or um something even as as simple as um i don't tell him no you can't go out tonight unless there's something really specific and important that i was like well you said yeah like most (laughs) like most like any relationship so uh yeah it's household and it's it's definitely contained household wise um like I had said previously, I don't enjoy people looking at me like you're a bitch. So I try not to do it too much in public, but I do make digs every Mm. once in a while that I know. Yeah. So this is, that's an interesting thing to bring up because, um, fucking Bridie has, uh, has made it somewhat public (laughs) on the podcast that, um, my girlfriend, Becca and I are, exploring the ddlg side of of uh the relationship and so like i'm taking this sort of daddy role and she's taking the little role and and when we're out in public there's a thing that i've noticed that that i get immediately i get very self-conscious about that because the last thing that i want is for some like waitress or waiter to look at me is it waitress and waiter I, server. 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 Just, Sir, oh, that's great. Yeah, I think that's the word. Yeah, server. Servant. Uh, yes. Servant. Yeah. Yes, the uh, restaurant slave. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so, for example, you know, the other day we were out and and Becca wants me to order for her. For her. Mm-hmm. So I, I say, I'll have the steak and she'll have the seared tuna. 
and I'll have this cocktail, she'll have this cocktail. Becca doesn't say a word, and the server leaves. And immediately, I'm like, oh, fuck. Is she walking away going... They're looking at you. I know. Is she walking away going like, that motherfucker, just let the girl speak, you know? It depends how Becca holds herself. Yeah. Um, I think it, it all depends. Does she look scared? Is she looking away? Is <laughs> no, she yeah, timid? Is she standing upright like, this is my man and he's ordering for me? Because I would, I would look right to her. And if I saw a twinkle in that poor girl's eyes that said, help me, yeah, right. I'd be mm-hmm. like, whoa, this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I don't see that, that's completely Yeah. And Bridie, I remember you had mentioned that it's like it's this funny thing now, you're out in public and you look around at people and what they're doing and if like if someone's wearing a collar, then your opinion or, you know, the way that you look at that situation might Now, I mean I'm the least observant person on the planet in some regards when it comes to like physical or material things like body language i'm totally with you tuned in if you're holding you know if you're holding your body in a particular way i know that you're comfortable i know that you're okay um like body language i can read but things like spotting a collar on someone i doubt i would pick that up but i'm more likely to look for it now before i make a judgment that some one is being a right. arsehole. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about how it presents itself in the bedroom then. Because I think this is the thing that a lot of people are going to want to know about. I think there's a lot of elements to that that are um, uh, not typical, or at least not typical for most people who who are probably listening right now. Yeah. So... Um... There can be a lot more foreplay in a submissive, dominant, uh, female-led relationship. And I'm sure there's a lot of foreplay in other things, but um, tease and denial is huge for us. And um, that is a really big part of our relationship. Um, So he does wear a cage or a chastity device a lot of the time. So he is locked, um, which does bring him down to a whole new submissive level that he doesn't hit if he's not locked in a chastity device. So we're talking a literal cage that contains Sub-Zero's wiener and balls. Yes, and it has a lock on it. That I put a punny little term on, um, and uh, yeah, it, it it definitely brings him down to a level of uh, submission and a level of servitude in its own way. Um, so foreplay can go on for a really long time. It can be as much as him just begging to um, go down on me or. Um, licking my feet or getting me everything I want. So if it's coffee or wine or water or if I need a snack, which I don't usually leave to him because he'd probably just put chips in a bowl or something. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Give me some credit. Do you, do, you, do you punish him for bringing you chips in a bowl? I would punish him for that. I'm on a very strict diet right now. So is this like, are these are these um, tasks that he is, he is doing, like begging to to go down on you and, and licking your feet and, and whatever. Is this kind of a, a way to um, have permission to be let out of the, the chastity, let out of the cage? Um, it can be, yeah. So if I do put um, 
permissions around his being locked. So sometimes I'll lock him because I want the foreplay to go on and I want him to drop to this level of submission. And it's not all always all of a sudden, but the more horny he gets in this cage where he knows he can't please me in a certain way, the more apt he is to please me in any other way. And he loves it just as much as I do. Like he has his own oral fixation to begin with. So it just heightens that. And um, it uh kind of brings him to a place where some yes sometimes what your question was sometimes I do put parameters around it um so I'll be like if I come this many times you can be unlocked or if you do it for three days you can be unlocked or if you're really days sometimes it's longer what's the longest you've been locked a week and a half, probably. Uh, yeah, I would say it was probably a week, a week or a week and a half. I would say a week and a half. Um, the was longest... that torturous? Like, was that? Uh, sure, or, yeah. I would say torturous <laughs> in a way that feels really great. <laughs> the thing is, is that there are times I've locked him and then <clears throat> unlocked him, had sex, but he didn't get to climax and told him to put it back on. Oh, Jesus Christ! So, but there's still so much pleasure in that. I think. What, yeah, talk about absolutely. I mean, after after so long, it's I almost find pleasure in pleasing you. Um, yeah, it, I feel like the pleasure delayer thing is like super hot for me. Like I like to be teased all day. Um, I like to like I just really like to be teased as well. And that sounds like the ultimate ultimate tease and to like put off the point of pleasure to like I cannot hardly stand it and I'm talking about like I'm gonna eat my favorite thing on the plate last or like you know I'm gonna wait until I can't stand it anymore that delayed gratification type thing I do that yeah yeah that's weird when you're wearing that that cage can you like if you get a hard on Mm -hmm. is it like does that hurt is you know like how big is this cage um it's it's not big enough to get a full hard on so you couldn't get hard in it no so you ever have that like situation where you're sitting on a bus and you're like ah fuck i'm starting you know and the bus is like uh bouncing (laughs) or like or i I know that there's guys out there who know exactly what i'm talking about you're sitting on the bus and like there's there's like a sort of the shocks are kind of whatever they're i don't know overstimulated on the bus and you're you're overstimulated and then you start getting that hard on and you cannot not get hard and it just keeps getting harder and harder because of the way that you're trying to <laughs> right, like right, avoid yeah. getting that hard on have you ever experienced that in the cage where you're like fuck this is gonna be all the, the time yeah you're just dicks just mashing up on the cage and yeah. Yeah. oh my god does it does it hurt um or is it like just discomfort discomfort at first i mean it definitely there's some def- def- some definite pain involved um when i first started wearing them right but um eventually you get used to it yeah, and I make that happen a lot. Like, that's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Is get them um, hard yeah. in yeah. the cage? <laughs> yeah, no, like, I do, and I do it nightly. Like, it's a, it's kind of a routine for us. Like, at night, especially if I'm extremely tired and I'm feeling a little guilty that I've, I've worked and I really just don't want to, but I always do this no matter what mood I'm in or what mood we're in when we go to bed. I'll roll over and spoon him, but whisper dirty things in his ear and to rub his nipples and and touch him in 
the a way that makes him as hard as possible and so he's essentially falling asleep going thank you my queen thank you my queen and so it's it's terrible but awesome and he loves it and it makes him sleep with great dreams and I get to hear his dreams the next morning see that's fascinating to me because I I uh, I'm with you Bridie in the sometimes delayed gratification can be really nice but when it comes to sex and I, I don't get me wrong. I fucking love foreplay. I love engaging in long drawn out foreplay. But the idea of of there being a long drawn out foreplay and then having it just come to a fucking halt. That makes me. I think that I think I am Sub-Zero. I think I am the complete opposite right. to you. <laughs> because as much as you, it seems like you, this is something that you kind of, it, you get off on. Yeah. It would make me want to literally jump in front of a bus. Like I, I could not handle that. I, I, and I, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around I, it. It's, it's so fascinating. It has to do with the orgasm control, like not, not even being able to masturbate. And she's the only one that can really give me that. Mm. Um, I get off on that alone. Yeah. Just Except being being controlled key. to that level. Right. What's the deal with uh when you applied to come on the show, you um you mentioned ruined orgasms. What are, what is a ruined orgasm? My favorite. Um <laughs> no, it really is. Um so it's a it's kind of a trick that not just a submissive dominant relationship needs to know, but any relationship can know because it Ruined gives it this sense of, of of nastiness to a man. A man is like, ruined orgasm. Who the hell wants a ruined orgasm? Like, I, I need my orgasms real and fast. Like, But a ruined orgasm still feels good. It still can be toe-curling and intimate, and it can still feel amazing. It just brings you to the brink of, of coming. And uh, when you come, there are a couple of different chemicals released in your brain as a male dopamine and prolactin are two of them and they counterbalance one another and essentially it's um one brings you up you get that oh i'm coming oh it's there that's oh the i feel good and then all of a sudden the other kicks in and that's when you get the lazy that's why your man falls asleep on you the that's prolactin. why exactly mm-hmm. and your your penis goes into refractory mode and so you're like I can't get hard. Some guys, when they're young and and fruitful, they can get hard again in, you know, 10 minutes or 20 minutes. Some guys can't. Um, Some guys just fall asleep. Some guys get hungry. Some guys just go into whatever. So basically (laughs) with a ruined orgasm, you miss that. So it just seeps out. So the semen ends up rather than shooting out, it seeps out. So you have to know your partner really well. And you can practice this for weeks and not perfect it I was lucky I'm really tuned into other people's bodies so when we dab first dabbled in ruined orgasms I actually succeeded on the first time because I know every movement of his body when he's about to come Mm -hmm. and I'm so in tune with people's like movements and how they are that I studied him very closely which sounds creepy but 
I did. Like I just, I knew that stuff. And so I was able to successfully do it the first time, but don't be scared if you don't. But basically it just, it seeps out and then they don't go into refractory period. The prolactin never gets released. So they stay heightened. They stay horny. They stay hard. hard. Right. Um, and And don't be scared if it does refract a little because you can get it hard again immediately. Mm-hmm. It's not sensitive like it would be if you actually came. Okay. So you may have to pump it a few times. That's fine. It's normal. Okay. So a ruined orgasm. It's yeah. not, I mean, so it's not, not totally ruined. Thing. Yeah, exactly. No. See, when I heard ruined orgasm, I was thinking, you think horrible. it's like you're just about to come and then you like, Smack, smack his balls and go, nope, like no, not today. No. And that would be called edging. So that is edging. So I, and, and we do practice edging a lot as well, where even I'll make him, although I like doing it a little more tricky, I like making him edge himself mm-hmm. and then saying, stop, like, no. Because a ruined orgasm still has a good feeling. It's just a completely different good feeling. And it will never feel as good as coming from what I understand. It'll never feel like that final. Mm-hmm. But there's something there that is still toe-curling and intimate and great. Mm-hmm. Plus, you can have sex all night. So mm-hmm. in our case, I use it usually to be like, okay, that's all you get. <laughs> I love edging. Edging is a... Is a I, I partake in some edging every once in a while. And it's... It feels really good, but, but, there there must be a crossing of the finish line or else. I was just going to call you on that because I was like, this is a completely contradictory. No, yeah. they're Well, edging to a point and then it's like, okay, no, but it's, no, what it's if time it's, to go. what if it's two point like all day? Like. Ah, see, I don't know because. Maybe you should try it sometime. Ah, uh, geez. Maybe. It's. Yeah, I mean, you never know until you try. It's true. I, I as it was uh, firsthand to a uh, ruined orgasm, but I didn't know that's what that was right. until you just explained it. So it could be out there happening accidentally to couples all over the place where, especially if you're practicing the pull-out method as yes. your method of birth control. Absolutely. And you pull out, um, and then obviously no other sensation is going to be to like slide in there and feel as great as just being right and i think that it happens a lot to couples and i think every man has probably had a moment where it has actually happened to them and they just didn't think anything of it um because people do they they'll pull out and they think oh i'm just gonna jack the rest of this and you know hit your tits or something yeah and you know i've definitely done it to myself yeah he's done it to himself before Before after not even knowing what it was really yeah well i've done it to myself and didn't realize either yeah yeah um and it wasn't until you guys brought it up that i was like oh that's what and he's accidentally done it even now there's some times where i will unlock him and we'll actually be having sex and i'll tell him he can come and he goes to just pull out because he's being I don't know if it's in his brain or if a part of him's like well she said yes but I don't know and so he'll pull out and then all of a sudden he'll ruin his own orgasm yeah right right. and I'm like well that's all you get I gave you your chance oh no (laughs) (laughs) and then then she'll probably lock me back up again yeah and uh Yo, so you're wearing a key around your neck. I am indeed wearing a key around my neck. So is that, um, uh, so talking about DDLG, oftentimes when the, when the little is wearing a collar, like collaring is a big thing in that community. And when the little is wearing a collar, it's like to signify, um, you know, that they're, 
and maybe the, you know this this might not be for everybody but i know that mm-hmm. for some when when the little is wearing a collar it's like to signify okay we are we are now in a a scene and this could last however long yes. this could last yeah. is this kind of the same thing like if you're wearing that key does that mean that you are locked uh so, when she's wearing the key it doesn't you kind of wear the key anyways. Even I wear when I'm the key locked. a lot okay. because people that are innocent and vanilla tend to have seen the key and then wonder why it's off of me. And we don't delve into that with people who are super vanilla. So right. um, I tend to keep it and be like, oh, he's just cheesy and it's the key to my heart. What? Like, mm-hmm. it's the key to his balls. Yeah, it's, it's honestly that's the literally key to where my heart is. The key to- <laughs> it's literally the key to his only heart that he has in his brain. Um, Are you locked right now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Is it? Is it steel? Is it uh, like what is it? It's stainless steel. Stainless yeah. steel. Yeah. So I can wear it in the shower and stuff, and it doesn't like rust or anything. And you can, like piss through it. Like there's a hole yep. or okay. Yep. And you can wear it through airport security. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Some you can. There's, there's I wonder plastic ones. That... Would they? I. What, what would they do? They would have to check. Oh, you, oh! Know. They would pat the that airport. motherfucker, and they'd be oh, like, yeah. "What is this?" And you, you would be like, "I'm." I'm you'd be like, "Oh, well, my, my, my dick and balls are in a cage, and I can't <laughs> take it off." And they'd go, "Well, you're not getting on the plane." <laughs> you can get plastic yeah. ones, and then those safety locks that you actually have to physically cut. Mm-hmm. Um, they have codes on them, and they so. have codes, so I know if he's changed the code. Ooh. Um, so keeping you, can, you in line you can do that we've never dabbled in sending him away like that because we don't want that but didn't you dabble in you going away with the key i did i did do that tell I us about that, that. i went to drive back from ontario with my sister and i locked him before i left and he i was like yeah i'll be gone for four days but really four days meant like six days um <laughs> And he almost died. Uh, no, it was it was early, so it was like when we first started locking, and that was definitely the longest he had gone at that point. That was the week and a half, I think. Right? Was that time? Yeah, I think were I you, ended up like lock, were you keeping him locked at when all? He came like, back. A little Any, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Because there's no other key. No, there there's a spare key, but she has. She you put it somewhere. I don't know where. It's I hit at. it. Oh my god. Oh my god! I can't even imagine. I mean, like it makes me think of uh, some. Sometimes I have these like intrusive thoughts, um, and and I remember when we were first talking about the the locking up with the cage and everything. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, and this would be horrible. I would never want this to happen. But say, God forbid, you go out one day and get hit by a car or something, and it just like tears your pants off, and and then EMT shows up. Like you know Why what I mean? Why does it have to tear his pants? Okay, off? Well, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let, Maybe let me... the EMT tore his pants. That's off. right. Let me rephrase yeah. that. So okay. you get hit by a car, and there's like massive <laughs> damage done to your like upper thigh, and the EMT gets there, and they go, "Well, we got to cut these fucking pants off to like, you know, put pressure on this wound." And then they cut the pants off, and your cock and balls are just in this like beautifully stainless steel <laughs> cage, like. Thank God for that cage. Yeah. His genitals remained intact. Well, well, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Uh, right? Okay. So you go to CPR training. You learn how to use a, um, a defibrillator. Now, 
if someone's wearing um, piercings with a defib, and you're going you to use, you have to remove. You got to you. They, no, you got to rip those fuckers mm-hmm. out. They're like they're like yo. If they've got a nipple ring, do not waste time trying to unscrew. Take that thing, tear it out. Yeah. Put a defibrillator on someone with their cock and balls <laughs> locked up Please in a cage. Stop scaring him. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am so grateful I took out my nipple rings because you told me that, Jeremy, one time, like right after I had them pierced, that story. And the I also have intrusive thoughts and I think yeah. about getting hit by a bus pretty much every day. And the feeling, but the idea of someone ripping my nipple ring out is actually... <laughs> more terrifying than yeah. the idea of being hit by a bus. Well, I mean, the worst... Hey, like, you just get a little bit of burn on your balls. That's all. It's a not, lot of it's the time bad. I have him locked, though, he's off of work and he's home at the time. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's not going very far. He's coming to visit me at work and he's, you know... The, the biggest scare he has is, oh, shit, what if there's only urinals in the bathroom? Like... Ah. Well, I, I, right. I can, <laughs> no, I, I can still pee standing up. With this particular cage. You can, but I mean, you don't want anybody right, to you're standing stand next, Oh, yeah. yeah. Standing yeah. next to I'm Bill. standing next to somebody, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, generally, Sub-Zero, you are uh, submissive when it comes to, you know, sexual encounters in the bedroom. Does, does, a, does a dominant side ever come out, or do you ever allow... Um, Aya, for a dominant side to come out. Uh, every time he drinks last night. <laughs> okay, the I, drinks come out, the domination comes out. Well, we were both originally Switch. Um, well, actually, I was Switch, she was Sub. I was oh. a submissive. Um, in the <laughs> I, beginning. Was, I was a little. <laughs> um, those roles have completely flipped. Um, but yeah, sometimes I still have my dominant streak and... Uh, we we sometimes play into that, but it's very very rare now. We don't play into it as much as I play into it to mind screw him. We we make jokes all the time about how um, Subby has always been Subby. Yeah, my Subby has always been a more percentage submissive than dominant. <laughs> but when he met me, I wasn't ready to hear that conversation of, of him yet. I, like he wasn't ready to tell me I wasn't ready to hear it. And then once we started realizing, holy shit, we can communicate really well. And we have this awesome communication level that we've never had with anybody else. And I trust this person a hundred percent. He came clean about all of it. And I took such a liking to it that I read all the literature I could cause I'm a book eater. And I went online and researched it all. And, you know, we read erotica together and we did other things. And um, we really started delving in. And I started realizing I really like this role. Mm. And so what used to be me being 100% sub became me being about 98% dominant to his about 2% dominance. Which is really fueled by alcohol and liquor. Um, (laughs) Last night he was locked. So he had no, he was just like, like I was just laying in bed, right? And I'm just kind of playing with myself. And he's just like, but I'm locked. And like normal submissive subby would be like, like, mm, and like crawl up and like start helping me. But drunk subby was cocky. And like, he was like, but I'm locked. What am I going to do? I'm like, well, now you're going to watch me masturbate <laughs> is how, what you're going to ex- do. That's exactly how I'd sound. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I, did, I did choke you a bit last night and, and, and spanked you. <gasps> yeah, he did. He actually bent you me over. You motherfucker. I know. And I actually, I slapped him around for it. But 
I did. I drop. I drop him. If he does that, I drop him. Like I make sure that he knows. Like I am in charge. What are you doing? And it usually works like a charm. And, and when you say drop him, you mean you you basically take him down to that like yeah. sub level. subspace. That yeah. subspace, yeah. and he goes and he hits subspace, and he apologizes and he begs for forgiveness, and mm. it's cute. Um, but sometimes I play into his dominance and his dominant side, and I will force him to put a hand at my throat or force him to pull my hair or force him to do something and and not force but I'll move his hand in that way and mm-hmm. his dominance will come out and he's in dominant mode and da 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 and then it gets to that point where he's about to come and then he's like oh shit do I ask to come do I not ask to come and as soon as I hear that I'm just like I make sure either that he asks or that he knows I'm still in charge or that he knows that I never drop to submissive level mm. because I never hit that level anymore. Like what I a, can't drop to submissive anymore. What a mind fuck. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of the key to our relationship. I really like to mind fuck. It's wild because uh, psychologically women are, I think are really different in, mm. in, in, in every way I don't know I'm just talking out of my ass right now but I feel like there's a psychological aspect to sex that seems more prevalent for the women that I talk to um than the men and I don't know if that's like a just a society thing or if that's like really I don't know Lucy case is like boys are fucked up but girls will fuck you up that kind of <laughs> that kind of joke totally and I can just, I think that that is incredibly erotic when you get into the psychological mm. aspects of like I'm fucking you with my brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like the the sort of origin story that you had there uh, of like of yeah. coming coming into this dominance from from a really like subspace. Mm-hmm. Um, Subby, if you don't mind me calling you that, uh, <laughs> Sub Zero. Uh, I think you should be asking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I really Ask like it. I think it's sexy. <laughs> yeah. um, Sub Zero, uh, what like is this something that you have always known you've been into, or like what? At what point did you start to realize, like, oh yeah, I, like I love being the submissive. Yeah, I've uh, ever since. I was a kid really I've had like um fantasies with with in, that involved bondage um from er, from an early age with uh uh even submissive women like you know watching reading comic books or like uh watching some TV shows where there's you know your classic damsel in distress stuff like mm-hmm. would always arouse me as a kid and not really understanding why Right, like t- tying down the the damsel yeah. to the the train track kind of thing. Yeah, or... yeah, and like even uh, like Catwoman capturing Robin and and some like uh, cartoon Batman series stuff, right? And um, the dominant woman kind of controlling controlling like a helpless male huh. would, would like really I'd I'd really get aroused over that. Um, and did and you... this is pre pre puberty, so like I was gonna say, did you recognize that you were being aroused, or was it just kind yeah? Of a... I I would get a I'd get a little boner, a little kid boner, <laughs> a little kid boner, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's uh, as as I got older, I realized what it was. I mean, finally got the internet for the mm. first time, like I mean, in the late nineties, I guess, or something like that, and started searching things and and figured out terms like what bondage was, what femdom was, you know. 
Did that feel isolating at all? Like, um, you know, because I'm sure that if you were talking, if you had any sort of dialogue with, like, your younger boy friends at the time, like, I'm sure almost none of them would have been interested in that sort of thing. So, like, did you feel like you could, didn't really have an outlet to, to express that or talk about that? Absolutely, yeah. I, I totally felt, like, isolated and, and alone in that sense. Um, not till, yeah, not for a long, not for a long time until, uh, I kind of, you know, chatted with people online, chat rooms type stuff like that and, mm-hmm. and kind of realized like, holy shit, like there's tons of people in, it, in the kink kind of world that are into this stuff. Yeah. Right. To like learn about these kinks that we have or to find these things out. Like when I was tied up by T, I had no, I never thought that being tied up would, you know, turn me on at all, but it was hot as fuck but i didn't realize that until it happened to me whereas whereas for you it was kind of like right off the bat i think that's super super cool and also i feel like probably kind of rare Uh, it's super rare i like i envy him all the time for that because i feel like these things had to be in me at some point for me to just love them now yeah and it's like the feed is one thing so like i never let people touch my feet and then he is a foot fetishist Right. Okay. Loves feet. And Mm -hmm. right from go, I remember even before I knew about his submissive side and knew the details, he would grab my feet and rub them and I would let him. And there was like that level of comfort with him and I from day one that I never had with anybody else. Because if anybody else did that, I'd grab my foot away and be like, no, ew. But now I love it. Mm -hmm. So I love when he worships my feet Mm. or... The whole idea of like ass worship, that was another thing that never really, because I'm not into anal, so that was always a hard no for me, and um, I'm still not, but there's a lot of other ways you can be stimulated anally that aren't penetration, and I never realized them until I was with somebody who's a total ass worshiper and an mm. ass guy, and um, like I wish I knew those things earlier. I wish... Older me could be like, hey, you like this. Stop being a stingy person. Like, yeah, yeah. And I guess, it, you, you know, I guess it does come with its with its ups and downs on both ends, right? Yeah. Because um, well, knowing that so young and, and then and then going through that process mm-hmm. of like feeling isolated. Um, speaking of anal, uh, uh, I would love to talk about the <laughs> whole pegging situation. Uh, I think that's the, that's the one thing that I found the most fascinating. The cock and balls in a cage was pretty fascinating, (laughs) but also the pegging. Um, the, yeah. So the, the, the chastity is definitely a gateway drug (laughs) to the anal play for me. Okay. All right. So this was not something that you've always kind of been like, yeah, I would love to have Right. Someone dominate me in that I, way. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I'm, I'm always evolving in a sense too. I mean, like as a kid, it was kind of the bondage and the and just the basic domination that turned me on. And eventually, I, you know, as I got older, I found different things, and feet was one of them, as we talked about. And uh, so it, it's always it's always changing. I'm always learning new things that I'm and, and I'm finding out that I'm into them as well. Mm. So it's yeah. How, how did the whole anal thing start? Um, it started slowly. Definitely. I was terrified of it because like I said, I, that's a hard no for me on my body. Um, I've 
I've tried the whole going slow, the penetration, and it was brutal and hard and I hated it. Um, and so now it's just a hard no. And so I was terrified to not know, if I don't know this on my own body, how am I going to start this with somebody else's body? Right. Um, so it scared me. And we talked about it for a really long time. And it took a little while. And then we throw pictures at each other on Tumblr constantly. We are always on Tumblr um, going through throwing pictures to one another and eventually I was like you know he's really into this and it's starting to turn me on how into this he is when he's locked and when he's being um, put in these servitude type roles and so I was like you know what I am gonna do this and I was starting to like it more and more and even the look of it the dominance in it and Mm. as my dominance grew and his submission grew I was like It's time. It's Mm. just, it's time. So we ordered a really nice rodeo harness, which is great for anybody who wants harnesses. Um, They're cute little underwear. They're lacy over like a thick, um, sort of almost like workout shorts. So it's a material that is so tight um, and it holds it in place really well. So you guys didn't start with like, like a finger in the ass or like a butt plug no we did we did so we we bought the stuff first so he already had he has like we have kits of stuff we just have ample amounts of of toys that we buy all the time and so he had plugs and initially the plugs were he would play with my brain when i was still in submission when we first got together like you're gonna wear these someday like me <laughs> right. That, that's my voice. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, essentially, that's, that's, that's exactly my how. Yeah. That's your dominant voice. Yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna get you. That's essentially <laughs> how he sounds when he's trying to be tough with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> which is how I hear it now. I guess. <laughs> like, um. So we had the the plugs, and so. We bought everything to have just just so that we had it to move up to. And we bought a really nice um, strap-on dildo at Venus Envy, actually. Um, And we ordered, like I said, the rodeo harness. And then we started with, like, small plugs. I did use my fingers, but I usually wear gloves because I'm super um, anal, if you will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm a little OCD. And so I did wear gloves and lube because I'm also worried about my fingernails and tearing and stuff. Can't say enough good things about that. Lots and lots of lube. Lots of lube. Lots of fuck water. We do like fuck water. Um, not for silicone plugs because uh, it tends to dry out a right, little. Right, because it's a silicone-based lube. Uh, fuck water is deliciously silky on your fingers. Oh, fuck water is a brand. Yeah. It's a brand. Oh, cool. Sweet. Fuck I thought you were just... Na- I was like, fuck water. No. That's we, a cool name for lube. Fuck water is a brand. Fuck water is a great the, brand. Everything Sweet. you do is sex show and home Everything you do is sex show. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we, uh, we started with... Um, me just playing around, just trying to figure out, figure out my elements, what felt good for him. Then we started with um, a smaller plug that we really like and we still use all the time. And we have to move up to bigger plugs before, like, it is an entire day if we want to do pegging. Like, right. It like is very... incremental It is insertion incremental of... insertion for sure because I uh, am very... I make sure that he 
feels good at the time because there's also like the digestive process of it and all of that and how I feel too because if I don't feel super sexy that night coming home from work and like or if you know he's not feeling great it's really it's all about timing with with pegging so it it does get a little hard because I'm not going to be like I'm gonna just take what I want tonight and just you know give you a hernia i i (laughs) (laughs) real aggressive is there any part of that uh sub-zero that challenges your your masculinity or like the way that you identify as a male uh or identify as a straight male or or anything like that yeah i mean it's uh it's definitely humiliating in a sense where is uh it's yeah. It's it's definitely humiliating, like uh, demasculating. Um, if that's the right word. I think so. Yeah. Demasculating. Demasculating. It's emasculation. Yeah. I've been oh, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, and yeah, and and like before, when I said I was kind of evolving, finding new things, um, I used to kind of just stray away from some of the femdom porn I would watch, where a male would be pegged in a sense, be like, oh, no, I'm not I'm not into that kind of like. I'm not, I'm not gay. Right. Thing, right, you know? right. Right. When I was younger, especially yeah. high school, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't want to uh, associate with that kind of stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Which gay, is gay coin for like, you know, totally typical as a, as a, like a, a, a straight identifying male in high school to like have those thoughts. Yeah. Um, but then when you do, you know, find this and come into this, this emasculation mm-hmm. is like a massive turn on. Yes. So fascinating. Like, I think that's, I think that's super fucking rad. And and it's not, it's not something that I would ever be into. Like, man, I like, I grasp my masculinity, like, and try to hold on to it as as tightly as I can. I really know what masculinity is. Like, I think this is its own podcast, like, thing. Well, it's what makes you feel manly. It's what makes you feel like a man. You know what I mean? Where does it come from? It's obviously psychological. Psychological and societal, for sure, 100%. Right? There, it has an important place. Right. Like I, it makes me feel good knowing that I feel like, you know, like if I'm sitting at home and I feel like demasculated or sorry, emasculated <laughs> and it turns out there's a UFC fight on that night, <laughs> I'll fucking drop everything. And I'll, I'll be like, I'm going to watch some dudes fight, just beat the shit out of each other and get primal as fuck and eat some chicken wings and down some beer and the next yeah. day, I'm like, oh, well, watch some watch some sweaty men roll around yeah, on each other. Yeah, exactly. Super manly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, um, for real, that's super fun. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I like UFC. Um, but I think it has its place. I think that it does have its place, and I think that that I mean, again, this is a completely separate subject. Yeah. But I think that masculinity as a male, and it doesn't matter if you identify as a straight male, a gay male, whatever, as a male. As me speaking as a male, I think masculinity is important to, to have and to hold and to be proud of. I also think it is very fucking important to embrace your feminine side as well. But I don't think he, that's, I guess, where, where it goes. Uh, he doesn't have to em- embrace like a feminine side. Him and our eyes communication is so good and so on point that he, I don't think he ever feels emasculinated to the point where he has no masculinity left. Right. Because he knows that I feel safe with him. Mm. That if I'm walking down the street, 
and I'm the smaller, like I'm the female and somebody says something to me or does something to me, he is going to be the first person to be like, no, whoa, yeah, what the yeah. just happened? Or, you know, there, there's no like, you know, he still watches the game right after and, you know, mm-hmm. I sit there with him half the time because I'm kind of a, a huge sports buff. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think that's where our communication is key because I will humiliate and emasculate him, but then I will build him up and that's when the aftercare comes in. Like he knows that, you know, even though I've called him a bitch three times that mm. night and that he's a little slut. Like, Well, and that's my point, right? That's my point is that, is that even though the activity in which you mm-hmm. you partake in is like naturally emasculating... It does not take away from your sense as a, a, a of of a of a of a man of being like a masculine human being. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm assuming that if you were that nobody else would talk, would be able to get away with saying the things to you that uh, that your d- dominant lady here says to you <laughs> with the same sort of effect. Like a- absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's a because you guys are in like this trusting relationship where you go to this space together and yeah. have this understanding. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's really nice. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that uh, you guys were hoping we would yeah. would dive into? Yeah, there's a, f- a few things. What was it that you wanted to dive into, Masabi? Uh, I think we were going to talk about pet play a little bit. Oh, you want a pet play? Oh you shit! Be a good boy. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> yeah. Like pup play. Pup oh. play, um, yeah, yeah. We don't get super deep into pet play. Uh, uh, well, he likes it a lot more than I do. I do like the tail, though. Oh, I want a tail butt plug. Yeah, so we don't bad. have one of those, and and we don't go into the doggy masks and stuff. I I think oh, I don't like hmm, the doggy we masks. may have touched on this last time a little bit, but um, I mean as. As far as the pet play things, I mean, we have... The humiliation parts. Collars. Yeah, collars, leash. leashes. You have a specific collar you like to use sometimes. Yeah, little doggy bowls on the floor. I was going to ask. And, yeah, I make him uh, do tricks for, like, treats sometimes. I was talking about the, uh, the shock collar. Oh, I forgot about the shock collar. No. Oh, my God, it's my favorite toy. Is this like if you wander too far off the property, <laughs> you get a little zap? This is no, like if I don't do what exactly do. what she tells me <laughs> to do. I get a shock. So I'll put Holy a shock collar on him every once in a while. And uh, if he's not doing, yeah, exactly what I want. Or, you know, there's a few things. I really like the collar because we have these uh, <laughs> rustic bolts on the back of our door so that we've made like a makeshift like cross shape that it's I like can a tie Saint into. Andrew's cross. It's right, like a St. Sure Andrew's cross on our door um, with like old school bolts that looks really prehistoric in our brand new apartment it's medieval it's pretty medieval yeah sweet little um, touches here and there little little yeah little moments but like i'll i'll put a collar on him and put a lock around the collar and lock him to the door and like go do take a shower if i'm annoyed at him or you know shock him or do little pet things you know you get annoyed you tie them out you know is the shock thing like do you do you do you purposely do something to get the shock sometimes? Or you're like, you really are trying to avoid it. And I then, try to avoid the oh, shock wow. at all costs. Yeah. yeah, that would hurt. That's <laughs> also a mind fuck. That is a some, mind fuck. I've seen some doms, they put the shock collar actually 
with the around their balls Beautiful. with the. Uh, <gasps> I'm very scared of that. Oh I've God. read a lot about it, and I won't delve into that because I don't like the risky. idea of frying his um, gonads. His well, frying his little swimmers yeah. in case he ever wants to have a baby. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. Jeez. So, Jeremy, you, you're fine to wear this. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got no problem. You can wrap that thing. Great. I ordered one. So <laughs> they're awesome, and they work <laughs> awesomely. Um. I'm more scared of the shot caller than anybody is. He put it on me one day, and I literally have never dropped a submissive for him this fast in my life. And it wasn't actually submissive. I was in fear. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. I can't imagine how he feels when I zap him for fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my Sorry, God. Baby. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a rush afterwards. Where'd you so get it? Is it like a dog it, zap collar? It's just oh, like it's a... literally a dog collar. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's remote controlled and right. It's yeah, it's delectable. Yeah, yeah. I think we just got it off eBay or something. We did. We did just get it off eBay. It Guaranteed was great. There's like in the warranty, in the instructions. There's definitely someone saying like, "Do not use this on humans." But well, you guys just <laughs> some some kink sites they actually sell the exact same model. They the sell the exact same oh, model. Yeah. And we read the instructions back and front, and it didn't say that. I think it said something about don't put the voltage up on a small dog, but uh, he's not a small dog. No, he's, he's a big dog. dog. He's a big dog. He's a big pup. He's fine. <laughs> don't feel bad yeah. for him. He does terrible things sometimes. <laughs> like learning to masturbate in his cage. That Ooh. one probably got zapped Ooh. and paddled. Ooh. Ooh, I think that's that why we have a new cage. Coming. That was a bad one. No, yeah, we uh, we definitely delve into uh, paddling as well. That's something else we didn't really like corporal spanking? punishment uh, of sorts. We don't we don't get too deep um, with it, but I do I do have a favorite leather paddle mm-hmm. that I like to beat him with. How much? Page. How much? Like, like, what's the uh, the what's monetary our... amount of like what you guys own? In what's terms our of cost? Oh, two thousand, three thousand. Way more. <laughs> Sub zero is like, uh uh-uh. uh. No, no, way it's up there. Fucking high. Because we've got like expensive, yeah. like Hitachis. Mm. We've got expensive dildos. Yeah, we've I'm got in, expensive hush and $40,000 of debt from our, so our sex toys. Oh, stop <laughs> it. No, he's not. <laughs> I took out a student loan <laughs> and I'm still working that shit back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just, I want to have, I, I do have a question about corporal punishment okay. because I find that. Um, as much as I want to, like, maybe use a paddle or smack someone a little bit in the face or even on the mm. ass. Just that, Beat them with a brush. It's real. What's that from? <laughs> you could talk about when we're not recording. <laughs> um, I, I feel like there's a technique that you got to get down with the wrist, with the whatever. Do you have any tips? Because there is a, a bit of a technique because I was terrified of using these puppies when I first got them because I couldn't get the sound to sound right. Yeah, you just got to you got to swing it, just, it like a man. You got to. <laughs> wow, I never wanted to throw this mic across. The <laughs> no, um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, should, no, it's, it's got tell. a flick of a wrist for sure. <laughs> I found a paddle, though, that is perfect and you don't have to do anything special but hit with it. And it's leather and it's got a longer head. Okay. Um, um, and a shorter handle. So you okay. just put your hand around it and it hits perfectly and it doesn't leave like hella marks because I'm not one to like be like, I want you bloody and bruised. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I just want him to hurt for a minute and then it goes away. Mm. Um, 
so yeah, it's I the flick of the wrist. Eh? It, it's sometimes I like I can't use a cane because I can't get the flick down right. I have a cane. That would I don't like it. Escape me. Too. I know. I can't even. Yeah. It. I don't enjoy I have flimsy it. Flimsy wrists. Much. Me too. They're not like flimsy, flimsy, but they're flimsy enough that I I can't flick a cane properly. Um. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for a. Thanks for coming in again. Yeah. And having this passion of this conversation balls again. Balls in the cage. Um, she made me. I. I really had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a long night last night. Yeah. Hopefully, you're not in that cage for too long there, Sub Zero. Uh, I feel for you. Or I feel hopefully, for you. you are. Or hopefully, you are. Um, and uh, hey, thank you all so much for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this conversation. We'll be back next week, as usual, with another one. And uh, in the meantime, say it every time. Go over to iTunes, subscribe for sure. Give us a rating and a review. We'd love to see it. And hey, if you do give us a rating and a review, take a screenshot of it and email it to us. Uh, show us the proof and maybe we'll send you a little something back. You never know. Maybe a nude. <laughs> maybe a nude of... Of Whoa, uh, Bridie, a, bri- a nude from Bridie. <laughs> there we go. Sweet. Oh, she agreed. A pair of uh, underwear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you can always hit us up at uh, termionpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're sort of on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, until next week. Go fuck yourself. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.